0: Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 1045 a.m. Today's message is The Journey of Baptism. It's Pastor Philip Thomas. Today is Family Worship Sunday. Uh, So so uh, we all worship together on the fifth Sunday of every month. Uh, but Wes is just going to share a little bit about what's going on and what they're doing on
1: Sunday night. So, Wes, it's all yours. Good morning. good morning. It's great to see everyone. Great things are happening today. It's awesome. I'm glad to be with you this morning. So, uh, Philip and I thought it would be a good idea uh, for the family Sunday uh, to take, uh, you know, each fifth Sunday, take a small time out and just let everyone know what's going on back there. Because amazing things are happening every, each week, every day in their lives, too. So. Uh, when we start we started the journey summer nights thinking it was going to be just for the summer and it ended up being a huge hit. The kids uh did a fruit of the spirit lesson and it was awesome. Like, we didn't expect the turnout it would be the impact it would have on families. It was absolutely amazing. And so we're in that you know session of trying to uh, see how it would work all year long. So uh the series we're doing right now uh is called the Jesus connection, so before I go any further, I like to have a little fun, so I'm going to do, I'm going to show three things, and everyday things, everyday items you probably see, but something unique about it, let's go ahead and show that first one, I bet you didn't know that the cap on a soda had more than just one purpose, because I didn't, (laughs) I never noticed it as a kid. I always liked putting a straw in the soda and watching the, the straw float back up. Apparently, Coke can designers know something I don't because mind blown. <laughs> All right. The next one I like to call cook smarter, not harder. I know some cooks might know this one. I didn't. I was amazed. I was like, I thought that was for hanging it up. <laughs> Absolutely Amazing. So I, I see every day. Every day, never would have thought of that unless I Googled it. It was great. <laughs> all right, final one. And I know I'm going to get y'all. I can't be the only one who grew up with a mom, with mom where she gets in a new car or rent a car, and then first time she gets gas, she can't remember what side the gas tank's on. You do like that awkward turn? It tells us. The answer's right there. <laughs> right there all along. I hope I'm not the only one who didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that awkward turn, oh, what car am I driving today? And so the fun thing about those three items, they're everyday items, we're used to them, mind blown. Well, the Jesus connection, we're doing the exact same thing, but with the Old Testament. We're taking a look at the stories we've heard hundreds of times, thousands of times, stories we grew up with, and we're looking for the the Jesus connection, how Jesus's message applies to the stories of that time. And you're doing unique things to put the kids what it would be like in that setting you know that that culture and of course it shocked them when they realized that no cell phones back then <laughs> who knew track phones but it's a great experience because you know the Old Testament stories they're not just great stories and it's not just you know motivational stories there's a message Jesus' message is throughout the entire Bible you can't You cannot have a New Testament without the Old Testament. And it's great to just go back and recognize. Just go back because you can see items 100 times a day. You can see all the time. And some of y'all, that was brand new. We could hear those same stories and somehow find something different each time. So that's the ministry we're working on back there. And so far, the kids like it. We're having fun. The parents are having fun in here. It's, It's going great. And I can't wait to see where that goes. A uh, couple of things, the future future uh, projects we're going to be doing, um, Operation Christmas Child. We're going to get information sheets uh, next week and start thinking about that. Uh, we did it last year. It was awesome. Our goal was 20 boxes. We got it up to like 40 boxes. It was great. It was amazing. packed the entire stage, two bo- shoe boxes high full of just nothing but gifts, and they go all around the country. And that was just amazing to see a ministry that everyone could take part in. The collection ends in like the second or third week of November. And so we have plenty of time and I think it'll be absolutely amazing. The next thing is called Jacob Strong. And all that is, is a group photo. There's a little boy in West Texas who's struggling a medical battle. He's been in a wheelchair for a year and a half now. And all he wants, he's just, feel, he's so burnt of negativity. All he wants is just some motivation. So uh, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna, the kids are going to make some posters We're just going to take a big group picture If you would like to take part in that Just to show them some motivation And I'm sure he would love it Thank you guys, it's a blessing
0: All right. Thank you very much, Wes uh, Wes just does a, does a wonderful job with the kids And, and uh, there's, there's always room for, for extra uh, helpers So if you'd like to help and take a week um, there, There's definitely room for you um, but we certainly thank Wes for, for what he does uh, for our kids. That's uh, invaluable. And so we look forward to, to that ministry. We are going to, to be talking um, about baptism and, and, uh, and also about journey and, uh, and the journey of faith that, that you are on and, uh, and how God uh, kind of uh, joins with us in, in our journeys. But uh, I want to start off and, and talk a little bit about baptism, as that's what we're going to celebrate today. Um, there are all kinds of different ways that, that churches go about doing baptism, right? And, uh, and there's all kinds of different opinions and beliefs on how baptism is supposed to work or you're supposed to go about it. And for the, for the most part, all the people that have those different ideas and thoughts and philosophies are good, solid Christians who love God and who want to be faithful to what what God uh, wants us to do. There's just different ways of going about it, right? And uh, and you know, our our church obviously we try to be very dogmatic and doctrinal on things. We're very very tradition focused. So obviously we're, we'll keep that as we talk about baptism, right? But uh, we we kind of approach it. Differently, we understand there's different ways to do it, and, and, but we, all, we do have a way that we try to go about approaching baptism. And um, you, know, so often we get uh, focused on um, talking about the when and the how of baptism. Right? When should it be done and how should it be done? Right? So we talk about age, what age should it be done, and then we talk about, well, how? Could, do you have to dunk somebody? Do you have to uh, pour something over their head? Do you just sprinkle? There's all kinds of different ways that it's been done. And by the way, this is, those ways have been done throughout the church for a long time. If you look at Baptist history, you know, Baptists are known for the dunkers, right? Dunk. Well, if you look at Baptist history, there were times that practically there was not water to dunk into. And so Baptists would actually pour. They would get water and they would pour it over people, right? They, so there's been, it's been done in so many different ways. And, and I, I think sometimes we get too focused on those things and we forget, okay, hey, what is this trying to, to show us about God, about how does this impact our life? things like that. And I, I don't know if, if there's one perfect way, right? There are different interpretations and that's okay. Um, but we're just going to talk about, okay, how, do, how are we going to try to go about it? And so the best way that I know to do that is to look at the life of Jesus and say, okay, how did he kind of approach this? And let's move from there. Um, and, and even that doesn't apply specifically Because if we're honest, most of us don't go down to a river If we wanted to be real dogmatic about it You would wait until you were 30 and you would go to a river right? So we, I, I, we acknowledge we don't, still don't follow it perfectly But we need. I think that does give us a, uh, a basis And so I, w- I want to look at just a quick verse in Luke chapter 3 Starting in verse 21 uh, this is probably the shortest account of Jesus' baptism. So Luke chapter uh, 3, verse 21, uh, to the middle of 23, right? I can put 23B, Have y'all, you know, whenever it's like that, you're like, where's the B? You know? <laughs> Actually, this is 23A, just the first part of the verse. So it says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was pr- as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. We're just going to stop right there. Now this is very short, concise. Okay, here's what happened. We know that John the Baptist is the one that is baptizing people. I think it's really interesting that this starts off saying there are other people there getting baptized. Baptism isn't a distinctly Christian thing. right? Um, this was going on. So these people were Jewish, and, and they were being baptized. Why were they being baptized? Well, baptized, uh, being baptized was still a sign that you were, you were changing something in your life. You were changing direction. It, it wasn't the same thing. They the, they were already Jewish. They were already God's people, right? They considered themselves God's people. So when they were being baptized by John the Baptist, that wasn't changing. They weren't being initiated into now, now you're Jewish. But no, it was a recognition of, okay, we're repenting. We are changing directions, right? Sometimes baptism was used strictly as a repentance for sin. Sometimes it was just as, okay, I'm changing the way I'm thinking now, or I'm joining this, this way of, of going about things. There's different things that were going on. Clearly what John the Baptist, what his um, message was, was repent for the kingdom of God is near. And that's what Jesus was saying too. So, so he's talking about that. He's saying, hey, we need to change. We need to realize God is doing something special right now. And, you know, the whole Old Testament is pointing and talking about how God is going to send the Messiah and, and uh, the Messiah is coming and he's here and we need to prepare for it. Right? And so people are coming and they're repenting, they're, they're choosing to believe that, which would have been a different way of thinking. Like they were choosing, OK, the Messiah is actually here. They were believing John. And so Jesus comes to be baptized. Well, so often the way that we uh, look at baptism is we strictly view it from a standpoint of repenting from sin. right? That's when you're baptized, you're, re- you're acknowledging that you're sinful and that you need uh, Jesus to do something about it. That is part of it. But Jesus wouldn't be coming to be baptized because he needed to be repent from sin. So there's got to be more to baptism than just acknowledging, hey, I'm a sinner. And, uh, and so whenever I look at that and, and I, I think about that and, and just imagine that picture for a second. Here's Jesus, the, the creator of, of the world, right, in bodily human form, entering into the river to be baptized. And, and no, everyone else is just kind of, oh, whatever, here's another guy. And John recognizes it. And can you imagine John saying, are you kidding me? You want me to do this? And, uh, and Jesus says, like yes and so John says alright I'll, I'll do it and he does and you have this wonderful picture it's kind of debated you know, depending on what account you read we don't know if, if everyone saw the dove we, we're not sure on, on exactly how all that worked but clearly something miraculous happens here and Jesus it, it is confirmed that it says Jesus uh, you are my son in whom I am well pleased so I mean this is a powerful moment Right, the heavens are opened. It's, you know, just it's a really it's a powerful moment, and we see that. and And then what we see is the very next verse says Jesus was thirty years old and he began his public ministry. Our focus on baptism is more than just knowing that you need to be forgiven for your sin. It is that beginning and saying, okay, I'm not only, not only do I believe what God has done through Christ, but I'm going to live that out in my life. That my my living with God, in a sense, is beginning. You know, and, and I, I think it is so important for us to, to think about it that way, because a lot of times you know, we, we focus solely on the forgiveness of sin part, and the, which, which makes us focus on the salvation part. That's how we get to the place where we say, if you're not baptized, you're not saved, right? Because we only focus on that. And that leads to saying, well, if baptism is that important that we have to be baptized in order to be saved, how about let's just do it when they're babies, right? I, I understand the logic and the rationale here, right? It's kind of saying, hey, let's do this. And, and then we are claiming that uh, forgiveness uh, from sin. And, and, and I do understand that. But see, I think baptism is broader than that. See, because I believe that you're saved the moment that you say, I believe in Jesus and I believe that he died and rose again for me. But everything is set. And I I would go so far as to say if you never got baptized, that you would still be saved, right? But I think that it should be natural when you experience God that you desire to be baptized. Because that's an example that Christ set for us. And it's kind of it is saying, Hey, not only do I believe this, but I'm going to live it out. And that's a big difference. There's a lot of people who believe in God, but then do we actually live that out in our life? And in a sense, that's what we're saying we're going to try to do when we we get baptized. We know that it's not perfect. We know that we're going to fall short, but it is kind of that moment in our life that we can look back on and say, you know what, I wanted to make a change. I want to live my life in a different way. And I think when it boils down to it that's one of the most important things about baptism is it's a reminder that hey God wants us to do more than just believe he wants us to live that out and in each one of the accounts what you see is from the moment that Jesus is baptized his ministry goes into high gear does that mean that he wasn't living for God beforehand of course he was but it became very intentional after the baptism And I think for us, whenever we get baptized, that that needs to be something that we we think about and we say, you know what, this is me making the decision to move beyond belief into living it out. And and you know, and and that still the people will debate, well, how old should you be? When are you old enough to know? Okay, you know, we can get all bogged down into that. But I think it is so important that we recognize baptism is more than just a repentance from sin. It's a proclamation of here's how I'm going to start living my life. And the reason that's important is because our life is one big journey in faith. And it goes up and down and all around and has twists and turns. And we need to have that place that we can go hey, this is where it started. And sometimes we need to go back to that starting point. You know, and I love having kind of this combination of a baptism celebration and celebrating our uh, uh, anniversary. Because baptism is not, and celebrating baptisms is not the reason we started Journey. Now, I have to be careful here, because, but uh, our sole goal here at Journey is not just to get people to be baptized. Right? Now, that's great. We would love for people to be baptized. But that's not our sole goal. Our goal is kind of reflected in our name. is recognizing that our faith is a journey. And we, everybody is at a different place on that journey. And what we want to do is we want to enter into this community and reach people wherever they are at. Some people are at the place where they're deciding do they want ...to make this decision to follow God. Some have been following God for years and years and years. And they just want a place to come and serve. Some people have uh, fallen away from that commitment that they made years ago. That's the journey of life. Right? We're all in that. And that's what we want to be about here at Journey. And I want to share just a little bit about that, that journey. Because God works in ways that you will never expect... And kind of moving forward from that baptism, whenever you say, hey, I'm going to live my life for God. You have no idea what's coming. Right. And, and we need to kind of embrace that. Say, you know what? Well, we don't know what's coming, but I know that God's going with me and I'm going to follow him. You know, I, I, I think about my, my baptism and I, I grew up and in, in going to a Methodist church. And, uh, and I can remember, uh, giving my life to Jesus and, uh, in, and I was about four or five years old, really too young to really understand it. But I knew that God loved me uh, that was modeled for me. I was blessed to have a family and parents that modeled that for me from day one. And so there was no doubt in my mind that I believed that. And then whenever I got another, another year or two, I wanted to get baptized Well, there at the Methodist church. There's, there was no way to get baptized uh, the way that Jesus got baptized, right? And so, you know, there would be sprinkling. There's, again, I, okay, that's fine, no big deal. But we wanted to, to be baptized, um, and so went to a swimming pool, Dan Glass, Glass's house. I remember it like it was yesterday, right? And I was little, and I remember getting baptized in that swimming pool. Did anything magical happen? no, no. I probably, I just enjoyed being in this pool and family was there and, and stuff like that. But I did know it was an important thing. And as my journey continued, I recognized, hey, I know what that, what that means. That, that was a commitment that I made. I had no thought that I would ever actually be a pastor. None. Never in my mind did I think, oh, you know what? This is going to mean I'm going to be a pastor. And maybe because at that time, the pastor still wore a robe Whenever he preached, I was like, I'm not wearing that, you know? So, so, so I had no idea. I grew up, I was always faithful. I don't have a dramatic testimony, right? But my, my journey, I grew up thankful. Thankfully, I don't have a dramatic testimony. Thankfully for my, my parents and, uh, and you know, grew up and, uh, got it, thought I was going to play sports in college, ended up with a broken arm, wasn't able to do that in, in college. All of a sudden I get a call, Hey, do you want to be a part-time youth pastor? at your home church. Um, all right. You know, d- does it pay? Yeah, $500 a month. Sign me up, right? And, and I didn't know. I was excited about doing it, but I was like, okay. Well, ended up doing that for like three years, part-time going through, through college. But I was working on getting my business degree. And I promise you, all through that, I had people asking me, now are you going to go into ministry? I was like, no. I was like, I mean, I'm just doing this for for now, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. But I was like, no, this isn't what I'm going to do. I'm getting a business degree. So I, I graduate, and I go and get a, get a job up in Lubbock in just a state-of-the-art field uh, in telecommunications, selling pagers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and at that time, people still bought pagers. And it wasn't that long ago, which is really kind of weird about that. But, uh, but you realize, okay, this may not, may not work. So then I got a job. I was in sales with Cisco Foods. And I was, you're explaining what a pager is. Oh, my gosh. That's right. There's a whole generation that doesn't even know. My girls don't even know what a pager is. A, a pager was the cool ones. They, they had them that they were really small. And you would call the pager and you would just leave your number on it. And then it would beep, 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 beep and you just saw three seven eight, and then you knew to call that person. And how, how? Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous! Now we were selling pages where you could actually, on the computer, you could actually write out. It was kind of the first, te- yeah, state of the art. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? You have to explain that. I didn't even. Oh my gosh. And I'm glad I got out of that business. <laughs> <laughs> Ministry pays better than the pager business. So, <laughs> but so, so here, here I go. I'm selling food. I'm trying to sell restaurants that my tomato is better than the other guy's tomato, even though mine is 10 cents more. That's a tough sell. But uh, you know, doing that, it, it should have been a job that I really enjoyed. It was getting out. There was a lot of potential in it. Um, I had moved up in the company a little bit and, and, uh, But something was missing I, we, Molly and I were married by this time And I was like, yeah, you know, something's missing maybe, maybe it's time to get back into to ministry Maybe that's something we need to, to do We were wanting to get back closer to Abilene To be closer to Molly's mom And all of a sudden, get a phone call um, They're looking for a full-time youth pastor position At First Presbyterian Church in San Angelo, Texas and so all of a sudden, I'm a, a full-time youth pastor, was there for three years in San Angelo at First Presbyterian Church, right? It was a great experience, enjoyed it, um, but knew, okay, I don't want to be a youth pastor my whole life. And so the only thing I knew, is like, okay, what do you do to get into ministry? The only thing that I knew is, well, you go to seminary, right? My whole experience is with your main denominations and your main way of doing. So I go to seminary. I start having to learn how to write papers. I remember my first day, they, I'd been out of school for five years. And the uh, first day they said, okay, your papers will need to be in the Turabian style of, of documenting and stuff like that. I was like, the Turabian style of what? You know, And I had to figure out what that was. I still don't really know. But, uh, it, it, it's, and they give you a book. Here's, your paper has to follow this format. And it's like this thick. You're like, okay, whatever. And, and, and so I start that. And uh, and then realized okay you know what I can't at twenty five six years old I can't just be a student and so started looking for ministry jobs ended up being able to get a pastor job in Cisco Texas perfect job perfect um, uh, job during during seminary so finished seminary and was there for a little over three years and uh, and so then you, you're kind of in this mode right in this church mode okay you you go to this ch- uh, church that helps you through seminary, well then you naturally go to another another place. And so we found ourselves and we were being called to First Baptist Church in Sweetwater, Texas. We ended up being there for five years. It was during this time that I really started wondering and, and God has been leading us down this path and we're just kind of following and not knowing. So now I've been at a Methodist church, a Presbyterian church, and now a Baptist church. And, uh, and it was, I was like, is this is this really where it is going to be, right? Do you just stay and then look and kind of move up to the next one? That's what most denominations do, and that's, that's okay. But it's like, is, is there a different way that we should be trying to reach the world around us? And I had a friend who uh, planted a church. I'd hardly ever even heard of church planting, right, what that really meant. And, uh, and he asked us to come with him. And, uh, and of course uh, Molly was like uh, no and I, and I was like no Which was very wise Because at the time That would have not been a good decision But it got us thinking about that Thinking about Wait maybe is that what God is calling us to do I would have never In a million years Said before Probably before two years Before we came to Elgin I would have never have said We would have ever planted a church Or that I would have even thought about Planting a church, right And so all of a sudden, things kind of go crazy, and it was it was a difficult time there at the end with Sweetwater at the at First Baptist Church, and it just confirmed, no, this is what God is wanting us to do. And so we took this step and, and we, we'd never even heard of Elgin. I've lived in Texas my whole life, <laughs> never even heard the name, right? And we just start, you know, looking and, and we had some, some real reasons why we were looking in certain areas. But we just felt, okay, this is where God wants us to go. It was a whole, very difficult decision. Our whole family is back in West Texas. And God, you're telling us to go to Elgin. I know it's not across the world, but I promise you <laughs> the difference between West Texas and Austin is a little bit different. Sure. All right, just a little different. And so it's like, is this really what you're wanting us to do? And so we come, and we we get get things started, and and we don't know what we're doing, but we just start. And I can remember four years ago having our first service over at the Fleming Center. And uh, you're supposed to, in church planning, you're supposed to be really diligent about counting everybody. We're still supposed to be doing that. We don't do a very good job. Um, But uh, so I can remember counting. We had like 43 people at our first service. And I was like, oh, that's not bad. And then you start looking, wait, all of these people are just here out of sympathy. It's family members and it's people who are supporting. They don't live here. They're not going to be here every week. You know. And, uh, and so it started off and then all of a sudden we had 10 people coming and we had 15 people. And, we, and this was over a lot of time. This did not happen, happen explosively. Right. And, uh, but we're over in the Fleming Center. We're there for a couple of years um, and realize we've got to move somewhere. Well, there's not many options here in Elgin. And so there's this old worn out building that's for sale. And so we take all of our money that's supposed to last for the next two or three years over time. And we throw it onto a down payment and and we buy this building. And then we're like, well, we have to at least make it worshipable. It was not worshipable. (laughs) Right? It, it, was, it, it was so difficult, and, uh, and it was amazing how God used people in this church and the connections that they have and, and the generosity, not only of the uh, congregation here, but of, of people outside this congregation that donated time and resources and things like that, and it was incredible that you would never expect that. Now, is it over the top? Are we a, a lavish church? No. But we have what we need. And it's really cool to see how God has provided. It's been an amazing journey. And I want you to think about that because whenever we, it started in my life, it started with baptism way back a long time ago. And I was never thinking about planting a church in any way, shape, or form. And I haven't been completely faithful to God every step of the way, but I have tried to to go through the doors that he has opened for me. And man, whenever you do that, and kind of at baptism you say, hey, not only do I believe what you have said, but I'm going to actually live my life in that, which means I'm going to allow you to take me in directions even if I don't understand it. Man, he will. He will. And you know what? It doesn't mean that you're going to do something that gets you on the front page of any papers. In fact, more than likely it's not. But you know what? He's going to lead you to your career, whatever it may be. And then you can start serving Him there. He's going to take you on a journey of life. And man, sometimes we get off on our own. And we need to kind of go back and to remember when we were baptized and when we made that decision, hey, I'm going to live my life for God. I need to get back to doing that. I encourage you to know that you may be on a really difficult part of the journey. You may be on a a cruise control part of the journey. But God is with you. And God is opening doors. He's nudging you to go through them. And guess what? Sometimes you're going to slip by. Sometimes you're going to close the door. And guess what God's going to do? He's going to open more doors for you. He's going to stay with you along your journey. He wants you to know that you're never alone. And who knows where you're going to end up. But it'll be exciting along the way, and He's going to be with you every step. Remember that your journey begins with Him. And he's there every step of the way. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.